Armstrong. Sure it is. He went back in a time machine and started this. Right? It's made in England. It's great. It's beautiful. Three speeds. Thank you. And you, you're just here because Phil is here, right? Yeah. It's my philosophy. <laughs> it's my philosophy. Yeah. I think we all do. All the time too, having fun. Well, only in Hollywood can we have the nexus of media. Like that. Media. So this is your footage from the, uh, the, the, the war protest last Saturday. Yes, it is, Nick. And of course, everybody was there, including Darth Vader and a couple of stormtroopers along with the 9-11 Truth people. Quite, quite an experience, but I was really amazed to see so many people out there on bikes, including uh, some of the participants. And we're going to see if we can't fast forward this. It is Kill Radio. Um, and KPFK, it is Bike Talk, and we got to talk, and you're listening to the sounds of, that's right, the anti-war protest. And uh, a lot of people say, and, and we had all sorts of opinion about, should we protest, why protest? We've heard these things before. And lo and behold, I, I think we uh, even got to meet some other people that we always see on these protests. Let's see who was there, why, yes, indeed, as, as you see the bike riding in into the sunset <laughs> and uh you know this thing is supposed to go through chapters and it never does but we, we're gonna see if we can't get it to a a point here where it does go through who, chapters. who do you got well it, it's funny because i hadn't seen some of these guys in in months years even um weeks and, and look who we got here we got oh him we got Phil, who came out on his bike with his little peace thing. Now, his bike, I don't think of it as a bike. I think it more is like, that's the reason there's a commodity. That's the reason there's a market right now. It's like this Da Vinci in itself has rescued the United States bike building market. And we're going to, we're, we're, we see him on the screen, and we're getting to a point where it's okay. just, it's so loading. What are but you talking about, really, Da Vinci? Really quite a thing. The Da Vinci is a tandem multi-speed you can pedal either one of you and it doesn't matter you know how you usually have to keep in sync or something like that but oh, it's yeah. it's not true so let's see here we go let's roll the tape and it is kill radio it's not really tape we're just saying that because we're we're so <laughs> those, those hippies damn hippies ecomaniacs now why do they always equate it with like things that, that aren't you know there's no positive images I even talked to a cop today. We had fun last night on the ride. Oh, that's great. That's great. Right, right, right. It was a punk rock ride. Yeah. All morning today on Bike Talk, we were trying to equate the fact that if you come out and do punk rock, you're doing punk rock for peace too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's for peace. Man. All right, Phil. Well, look, at, they're they're actually sticking around. This is how you know they're sticking around to make friends because they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Hey, I see. I don't see Fox Network anywhere around. Well, you see, that's the thing. Do you, do you see any encouraging news with, with like, besides the, the independent outlets or anything? Do you see anybody None. else covering the war? None whatsoever. Oh, sorry, you didn't get to you. Huh? You're busy. No, it's all right. I'll talk to you too. Yeah. What? Oh, is, oh, this is like. You got it. I I got it, and we'll talk to you in a minute about it. All okay, right? cool. All right. So yeah, yeah. anyway, Phil. 
great, to see great you. to see you. I'll, I'll come bother you. So, so if if somebody it, handed you a, the Da Vinci. Here. Yeah, yeah I, apparently the there's. It's, Take care of us when we get burnt. Yeah, you see that's that's the thing. There was somebody else coming out for the the burn victims, and apparently there's a lot of people that come out to these war marches. It's not just about the war. It's just not not about one one little aspect and, it, and it's funny people talk about it like a how do you take something with a this much of a carnival atmosphere seriously if it's going to address things like Halliburton or established kind of infrastructure I mean people that are in the business of building a war machine uh, have been doing it for a long time and I'm, I'm reminded of Eisenhower I, I I know you're going what what? Why are we getting a history lesson for bike talk today? Well, mm-hmm. sometimes you know you can Bring see you can see how historically there are all these bureaucracies involved with just getting something as simple as as a pain on the ground for a bike lane or something. We saw that, and it's encouraging to see that we're now moving forward here. Hey, speaking of moving forward, I just, I just wanted to mention that I got a listener email about how our podcasts haven't been regularly up on uh uh-huh. well on we're gonna KPFK we're gonna see about working on that well in, in but this listener turned out to be the oh, chief okay. engineer for kcrw yeah, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well welcome kcrw to our oh, listening God. area yeah. yeah i can't get out to any of these things and they're farther away you know i i ride there to work but then you know that was it <laughs> yeah. i want to go riding after i got there. yeah yeah exactly so wait wait a minute let's get back on this how far do you ride uh, 22 miles to work. Oh my God! Every day. No, not every day. Well, yeah, but still, that's, you do it once or twice a week. You're, you're sort of, let's just say, you're. you're uh, I, I haven't used gasoline in a long time. Yeah. Let's say that. I, I drove uh, like once last week. You're reducing your carbon footprint so somebody else yeah. can drive their Hummer five days a week. That's right. right. And, and somebody else step up to it too. Sad right. to say. All right, we've heard it before. Up what he doesn't yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, and that's, that's, so how many uh, of your... So this is Phil and his wife who come out to these protest things. And, it, and it's like really funny because Phil started... Uh, Joe Linton always likes to pull him out during talks and stuff. He came out for the, down, the, down, the route down ride, uh-huh. um, which was uh, kind of like... Phil they, what? What's his... What does Phil, he do? What, is he? He's like, he he worked for the city. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Okay. And um, in um, we we could go into a flowery explanation or something, but uh, to basically, I've I've known Phil for so long, and I used to see him on these rides and sort of comment on on his, you know, his Da Vinci. He got he got hit, and they bought this for him, the insurance company. I mean, because let's be honest, it's a cumulative thing. I've got so many cars that just sit around now. Uh, yeah, I, I donate got, some of them. I, I donate one to a friend that's going to be homeless. Cars? The other one, I, I pulled the. Yeah, we're we're talking about how what what should you do once you're you're car free, and um, the the idea is we hear about all these other programs at at other radio stations. They say donate your car to us, and it's like right. if you really think about it, are they donating the car to? be a car still or are they recycling the car and in most cases they're they're tearing down and stripping the car or they're doing it and building cars in fact i've heard just with the tsunami and stuff that a lot of people are buying uh, a lot of dealerships are out there buying old priuses and stuff that should have been recycled or or should have been um let's just say in in that belt of 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 reuse or something and now what they're doing is they're bringing them back they're bringing back used cars building it just so they have cars on the lot so it's like 
that is an established infrastructure. They have to have that. They have to have cars in a car, car lot to sell. And you're, you, I, what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to do is make you rethink it. It's like, why do the cars have to be there at all? I Obviously, think. we're across the street from uh, the Kill Radio uh, studios, and we've just seen what, what happens to a, a used car lot that isn't a used car lot anymore. And, um, in fact, there's two or three around the area here that have stopped being used car lots. It becomes a gas station? Uh, no, there's one that's now a electronic center. <laughs> the one across the street has is, is been sort of condensed, and uh, they're building a school on what used to be the repair lot. Um, because, as we know, cars never are quite right. They have to be repaired. And as I say this, some, I'm looking across, and it looks like this gentleman here on the bicycle is... Uh, Sort of walking it down the hill instead of riding. Perhaps so, there's something wrong yeah, with that. Should, so it's not just out. it's not just cars and, and stuff. But he's got his dry oh, cleaning. Oh no, he's got his dry cleaning. That's the reason. I guess his dry it's cleaning. In the yeah, wheel. got and and lo and behold, he looks like he's he straightened okay it out. Okay. He's, he's okay. It sounds like we're doing play by play. But <laughs> let's get back to uh, we're we're talking about certain issues about offsetting your carbon, and we're not only offsetting our own carbon, but now we're offsetting other people's carbon. And you're saying, is that a viable thing? Yeah, I'd like to believe it is, uh, especially when they're talking about, is it really essential to start this kind of snake? Are we really cleaning up? Are, are industry going to clean up? Or are they just going to buy a lot of carbon credits? And I'd like to believe they're greedy enough, so is they're going to stop paying for their carbon credits and maybe clean up. But until then, we can benefit from this. Anyway, let's get back to Phil. When I go, the cars will still be there. Maybe somebody will go, hey, man, this is pretty sexy. Yeah, yeah no gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you. Long time no see. Slumming with the bike crowd here today? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's your beef? So this oh, is the uh, Hollywood uh, well, anti-war uh, rally from last Saturday. And Chicken Leather reporting, running into person after person from all of his... Uh, Various yeah. circles. Uh, one one of the things that I, I like to do, and I'm I'm stalling now as we get into uh, get into the next bit, is that uh, we're uh, we we bumped into some students there, and uh, lo and behold, it, it, everybody thinks of these anti-war things as being like a, a two-minute things. Funat bombs is out there with their bike, and let's see if I can't roll this back enough to start the Long Beach crowd here. And we, t we talk about Funat bombs. What, what are they doing? They're, they're actually taking some of the things that would not necessarily be used uh, um, by the community. Uh, let's just say food. It's not um, rotten food, but it's food that's past its expiration, or it's going to be past its expiration that the uh, local food kind of infrastructure has to get rid of like uh, whole like whole foods gives their yeah, bread they, they have to do this and it's the same thing except uh food not bombs does it on a little bigger scale a little more local scale they take uh things from farmers market so here we go i'm talking to a crew from long beach here on kill radio and kids out here protesting the war now come on why can't we just stay at home and work on our back back trips, our backward circles, huh? Why are we gonna come out and protest the war? So we can practice our backward circles at the protest. Oh, I like that. So, so, what are we gonna get ramps next year? 
anti-war ramp. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. That'd be hey, that. Maybe war, maybe peace will break out, and then we can just have another fun day on the bike. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not carrying enough shit on my bike. Come on, how much stuff are you carrying today? Shit, it's nice. No, no. Okay, just for our, our geeks, what are you riding today? Um, SC frame, P43 velocity rims, uh, riser bars, originate Available at your dollar store, right? You know what? You can pick this up anywhere. Yeah, the hub in Long Beach. Check it out. That's a good one, actually. Check it out. Yeah. Did you, seriously, did you get it? Did your bike down help you fix this bike? Yeah. Well, no, not this bike, but like bikes that I've yeah, worked on before. Yeah, you've been doing a lot in the community. Yeah, that guy's really pretty great. Yeah, Are you guys from Long Beach? You came all the way up here? Yeah. That's, that's impressive, man. I really, I want to commend you for coming out. Thank you. Thank really you. Good. So what's your first name? And very nice, good representation. I love, I love the fact that you've got fucking anodized parts in these things. Jesus, these are expensive. No wonder you don't lock it. You just wear them on your hip, right? They're like a fashion accessory. You don't want to lose. Oh, not a fashion accessory, but they are an accessory. Yeah, but they're a vital one for transportation. Yeah. Especially if you, if you, you know, you use it to get to work or whatnot. You know, yeah. you get around. So you're like a working fixie guy. You're not one of these guys that just pose. I don't like even drink, dude. You know what I mean? You don't drink. You don't. Just oh, I, I didn't have so a drink. Hard, Why are you looking at me like I don't even drink? Man? No, no, not like that. I'm just saying because a lot of the times, like fixie bikes are associated with pubs and like drinking, yeah, exactly. you know, bars, the bar hopping. Like, no, dude. This is, you know, this Serious? is the word from Long Beach to Seal Beach. You know, back to like. Long Beach or whatnot, and it's not like Long Beach, like mid-city, it's like Long Beach, North Long Beach, like Paramount with Compton and like Paramount or whatnot, you know? My, my bike is dishing on me. I, I'm not, I'm not like trying to get away. It's just like, yeah, there you go. There you go. Thanks a lot. Breadless neck? Okay. All right. Well, we got to do that sometimes. <laughs> See the trends. The trends move all over the place. They're, they're really helpful. It's like now it's stronger. Yeah. yeah people think that, that I'm just stealing ideas from BMX guys. I know, but it's actually working. Yeah. I still, I still uh, ideas from BMX. Yeah. They come from anywhere. So maybe this idea about peace can spread from like. So this guy has. All right. So we, we a lot going on. He's talk, got he's, talking about peace. We're gonna back that up just for a half second here, uh, but. He's got the nose thing, and he's got the ear oh, he's things, and he's got, got the piercings and dreads, and but, he, one but he's dread. come all this way for the war, so there's not any one. Uh, I like to refer back to Steve Atano, who's a, a good friend of mine that moved out of, to Seattle, and I used to say, hey, why, why, are you, why are you here for the war protest? And he used to say, well, it's because, you know, I, I, I really want to stop all these these hippies coming out here and just protesting mm -hmm. the war. And I said, so you're posting. And he says, well, yeah, I'm taking up their space. Now they, <laughs> they can actually do things that I guess hippies do. I, I don't know. But it, it was. Well, it was I, I heard someone. Bit. I heard someone say that, you know, that that's I heard somebody else say that, that she was like a, a middle class person and she wanted to go get arrested for for protesting the war so that the jails wouldn't just be filled with uh, vegan hippies. Yeah. Yeah, which which um, I, I know some of the people from Food Not Bombs are vegans, but I like to believe that uh, they transcend all culture. And there's some meat eaters and that that uh, kind of cult. It's just I think they do vegan mostly and vegetarian just because it's uh, uh, the shelf life lasts a lot longer than uh, if you were carting around uh, meat and stuff. And I think it's also mm. like a health thing. Um, they they yeah. put so many hormones just to make it look like meat again or or 
God, we won't even well, talk about spoiled pork or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, meat. I think rotten meat's a lot more dangerous than. Yeah, I, I think so. But, and for them, I, I think there's more of a, a liability factor. But uh, so you're talking to this guy about um, like he was talking about. Well, you're talking about geez. some bike parts now too. Yeah, um, he. We were talking about like they had a lot of BMX parts that would normally be on like 20 inch BMXs or started out in there, but they're now on, on fixed gear. And I, I used to argue with Mikey Wally because he said, I was the first one to do this and stuff. And I said, oh, come on, Mikey. I, I don't think we can pin it to anything just like there. And he says, well, you know, and we used to argue that did Gary Fisher really invent the mountain bike or did he just sort of meld all the different components that are out there? It's like, did, did Edison really invent this or did he take technology that had been built before and then sort of put it all together? And, and I'd like to believe that's there probably is somebody that started this or, or did it, but it's the idea that when it starts permeating culture at this point, I, I don't really want to, you know, it's like somebody else take the credit. I'll just use the components to ride with. So anyway, we're going to let yeah. him talk about his little piece rant for 30 seconds. I think we okay. owe it to it because it was the piece right here. It is kill radio. So he had like a, a threadless carbon fiber uh, fork with uh, it, what looks like a, an offset BMX headset. And that might be our, our artist here uh, that we are going to be highlighting a little bit today. And I know... Oh, it's actually Lexus from the Bike Coalition. So let's see what she has to say. It is Kill Radio and KPFK here on Bike Talk. We're go we're gonna try the phone and see if it works out. Uh, let's bring the phone up. Hi, Lexus. Can you hear us? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello? Hi. Can you hear us here? I, we hear you. Why don't Why don't we pick up the phone and and just talk into the phone that way? Hey, Lexus. Now I got some sound here. Okay. So, um, well, thanks for calling in. No problem. And uh, I know you're probably busy with several things. You always seem to be doing a lot of stuff with uh, LACBC. Yeah, we've got some, um, some new things going on, um, some things to celebrate, and, you know, there's lots of stuff going on around the community. Um... We are uh, hoping folks can still supply comments on a new bicycle parking draft ordinance for the city of Los Angeles. Um, 
we have a researcher who's doing some research research for us on best practices in bike parking, who's also a city planning intern, who's drafted a new bicycle parking ordinance for the city of Los Angeles that covers everything from multifamily residential all the way up to industrial and institutional, supplying more short-term and long-term parking. Uh, but there's always room for improvement um, because you know the city's had their chance to weigh in on what they think works, and so now this is the opportunity for the public to weigh in and provide some comments, and there's going to be a public hearing on March 30th at City Hall at 1 p.m. Well, so, um, so what are the ramifications of the ordinance? Well, it primarily affects um, new development, although it does affect change of use. Um, and what it requires is there's, there's a sort of a little methodology there with based on amount of car parking, um, but at a bare minimum, all new uses would have at least two short-term and two long-term parking. Um, obviously, uh, what it is, it requires up to 5 to 10% of whatever the car parking is. So if you're talking about 100 um, car parking spaces, you'd have 10 short-term and 10 long-term bike parking spaces. Oh, okay. So this is for bike parking? Correct. It's for bike parking. So every new parking space will have bike, bike parking spaces? Exactly. So for any new development, whether it be multifamily or a new um, library or a new um, shopping center, trans-oriented development, what have you, you'll have new uses. And one of the, I think, exciting things about this uh, ordinance is we just had our first bike corral installed in Highland Park, and we all know that took a lot of effort. Well, this ordinance actually includes... Um, bike corrals in that and provides guidance for developers or businesses that are interested in um, having bike corrals in front of their business. Hmm. No, so um, I, I thought bike corrals were temporary. Uh, like, like at, at all the events, you know, the LACBC bike corrals. Oh, 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 no, this is um, permanent bike corrals. So oh. removing one car parking space and repli- replacing that with, uh, you know, between six to eight bicycle parking racks in the on the street. Oh, okay. Um so, like up in Highland Park in front of Cafe de Leche, that's a permanent bike corral. Wow. Um, well, this sounds exciting. I'm excited. I'm yeah. So, it's, you know, we said there's, there's some good stuff there. There's always a chance to make it better and stronger. So, I encourage people to um, go to the city planning website and provide comments on it as they, you know, things that they want to see in there, uh, ways to address you know, existing buildings, things like that. What, what's the city planning website? Um, it is, let me see here. I'm like, I think it's just like, actually, I can't tell you because my power is out. <laughs> You're putting her on the spot here. So I can't get, I can't tell you from the end. But, um, if you go to our website, our blog, we have a blog post about it, and there's links to the ordinance and the um, email address that you can submit um, uh, comments to. Okay. And uh, so that's lacbc.org? Uh, lacbc.wordpress.com, I think. Sorry, .wordpress.com? And what kind of comments would people, like, uh, you know, good going? I mean, what, just like, yeah, good job? Um, you know, it's been, I think most people are supportive. I think some people would like to see it be stronger. Um, we, we don't actually receive the comments. They go to city planning. So my basis on that is just what I've seen on Street Block <laughs> and a little bit of the comments that have been on our blog. Um, obviously, Joseph Braelli, you know, I feel like he is, uh, an expert when it comes to some of this parking stuff and, and bike and car parking swap outs and um, he is definitely would like to see a lot more and I think that's um, 
worthwhile to push for, and I think that the city planning is actually working on several ordinances. This is just one relating to bike parking, but they are looking at parking overlay districts and some other things that will come out um, hopefully later this year that can address neighborhoods like Highland Park, Atwater, Silver Lake, where you have a lot of existing buildings that don't currently have car parking wrapped into them. So when someone wants to change the use, this is like a lot of, <laughs> when someone wants to change the use, all of a sudden city planning says, oh, now you're required to supply car parking, but you have an existing building that's, you know, maybe 50, 60, 100 years old, and you can't supply car parking. Um, so that's something that still needs to be addressed, and um, I, I believe city planning is actually working on an ordinance that would allow communities to have this sort of parking overlay district where they would they would basically not require any new parking spaces, and folks could start adding just bike parking instead of car parking. Okay, and we're I think we're having uh, Glenn Bailey call in later about this, too. Okay, great. Um, so what else you got going on? Well, we just launched a new campaign. Uh, well, actually, I should say we're, we're getting ready to launch a new campaign. We are launching a Good Roads LA campaign, which is to address um, the potholes and rough asphalt along our daily commutes. Um, <clears throat> a Good Roads, move, uh, Good Roads movement, you know, was something that happened at the turn of the last century where cyclists sort of organized to demand paved roads. Um, and this is sort of a new version or a new take on that, where we are going to uh, hopefully be working with our members and volunteers to organize and lead uh, probably monthly rides to go out and um, survey a lot of the routes that cyclists use and start marking down all the potholes, um, spraying some of them with uh, temporary um, shock marking paint and um, calling them in to DWP, the council members, and hopefully getting some of the, the biggest problems in our roadways addressed. Because I think, as we all know, when you're out riding a pothole, well, it may ruin uh, your alignment if you're in a car. It can break your arm and ruin your bicycle if you're, you know, if you're biking down the street and you don't see that pothole. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, the Bureau of Food Service doesn't necessarily prioritize. They, they don't really... Pothole repair, you know, it's based on when people call in and, and on those things. So we're going to basically try and help prioritize them, fixing the potholes that affect cyclists the most. Um, well, this, this should get them. you, and, and it's, um, it's something that, that, that all the road users would appreciate. So Exactly. It benefits more than just people riding bikes, which is, I think, a great aspect of it. And yeah. um, other bicycle coalitions around the country have been doing some similar things like this. And the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition has been doing this for the past three years, and it's been really successful. All right. Well, um, any, anything else? Here's your chicken litter. Actually, um, I was I was at, uh, you know, I, out last night. Not only did we check out the punk rock movie over at the Echo Park Film Center, but we, um, we were at uh, B-Rad's party, and, you know, think of it as party, they'll be dancing, they'll be carousing, there'll be music and stuff. But it seemed like most of my night was talking about infrastructure, LACBC's part in helping some of the, the bike co-ops, uh, the bike co-ops working in conjunction with this and some other things. And, and one of the things that kept on coming up is uh, like, like a sequel to a movie, if it works, it's going to keep coming back. Uh, and I remember seeing you, of all places, the Ciclavia um, benefit, and and you were you were there having a great time, and it, yeah. it seems like it seems like just uh, I I know people say oh she was just dancing, but I think there's something underlying. If I'm going to a party and talking about issues, and you're going to a benefit and dancing, I 
I want to trade lifestyles with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, as mentioned, the Ciclovia is coming back again, right? Soon. Yeah, April 10th. So, oh like, God. two weeks. Wow, two weeks away. Should we be counting down or something? Is it? Yeah, I feel like we might need a collective countdown calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Countdown's a fun. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, in, um, we... We got to talk to Steve, uh, I guess, who's one of the guys. Steve and Bobby are always out there. And, oh, yeah. And they're, they're pro proponents in, in not only educating people about what to do, because I, I think that the kids get it. And I always argue this. So the kids are out there playing soccer. The minute you close the street uh, around the block here at Kill Radio, they've been working on the, the DWP line. Every time they fix it, it's more like, hey, we're just kind of patch it like a bad tire. And it's like, well, why don't you put a new tire in or something? I don't know yeah. what's wrong with those pipes, but I think it's because of the metro and the way we're situated within the infrastructure in the city. Um, they're building a new school that it always seems to be dependent on 30 or, well, 30, 50-year-old pipes or something here, and so they're refitting them all the time. And because they're refitting them, the street gets blocked. And when you have a blocked street, it's almost like you don't have to tell kids there's no traffic and you can go out there and stop Or they're riding their little kitty bikes around in circles or something, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we don't have a lot of park space in the city, especially in the really dense urban areas like Koreatown, so having that street closure and having something like Ciclovia happen is a great way for people to get out and at least have access to this wonderful open space, open space resource, which is our streets. You know, they make up so much of our city, and for so much of the day, there's, there's, ways that we could use them better um, than, than how they're currently used. And I think Ciclovia is a great opportunity to show folks how um, dynamic our streets can be. Yeah, the issue of public space is, is actually going to be, I'd like to say it's like fear being on trial, but uh, there, there's some real issues. I, I know that there's one that, that the LA Weekly is highlighting about a, uh, a Canadian band that was trying to canoe the LA River. And you say, what does this have to do with bike, bike issues? But it has to do with... Uh, Definite is it is a public space is is something that has a private entity protecting it for the public and where the public can't the public come in and use it and so yeah. I know Ciclovia doesn't sort of border on these issues it seems like it's a one for all and all for one kind of a musketeer thing but uh, I'm wondering do do you think we'll ever define these issues about who's minding who or who's policing who on these rides and stuff. You know, I, I feel like we'll probably get somewhere with some of it, but I don't know if we'll really ever resolve some of those issues. Um, I feel like even with Ciclovia, that moves from maybe being three times a year to maybe 12 times a year to being every week, which would be great. Um, there, you know, we, we may win some things there with people becoming coming around to what a great positive experience this is, but then at the same time we may still have issues like we've seen in Wilbur where residents come out to say, you know, we just don't want uh, safer streets. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's the <laughs> argument that it, you're, you're making an argument not just for bike infrastructure, but for safety of infrastructure, and so that, that way everybody can get involved. It's, it's, it's a shame that if you build a bike around, there's no bikes on it or, or something like that. I, I haven't seen that, but that's their argument, and I'm saying, well, isn't it better to have this visual representation that we're trying something different yeah. that maybe people will see it when they're driving their car and going, wow, there was bike parking there. And yeah, I, I mean, I car. think that's the, that we're in a, we're in a spot where we're, um, 
it's like a chicken and egg scenario where we have to start providing the infrastructure in order to encourage people to, to, to try it. Um, because right now folks will always say, oh, well, there's no one out there doing it. There's no one walking. There's no one biking. But you can't measure based on what is perceived because we haven't provided the inter- infrastructure to support people walking or biking. Um, so, you know, just like if, if you had a wide open field and you say, well, there's no cars here, so why would you build a road? You know, because there's no road there. That's why there's no cars. So if you don't supply the bike parking or the, you know, beautiful sidewalks and good crosswalks and, you know, bike lanes and, and other things, you're not going to get people out walking and biking and enjoying neighborhoods. So we have to sort of get the infrastructure out there and it's going to there may be a little bit of a lag time but folks will eventually start to try it and get out there especially as gas prices go up and well, th- thanks for calling in Allison I, did, I, I have one question and this has to do with um, we were playing before some of the Long Beach people and they were talking about some high end components in their bikes I'm wondering do you have any components that you would think on your on your own bike that you would think oh this is just this is just too I in for it, but I, you know, it, it helps me get by. Whether it be a, a set of really sprucy tires or something, or is it all just a standard stock bike that you ride? Uh, it's pretty standard. Probably the fanciest thing on my bike is my uh, my uh, tape on my handlebars. Whoa! <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, my bike's pretty low maintenance. I will admit, I probably know more about bike infrastructure than I do about bicycles, um, so I'm not up to speed on. The, the hot parts and things. Although I guess I have nice lights. I take those off all the time. Oh, well, see, now that, that's, that's a safety thing that, that I think more and more people are realizing isn't a safety thing. It's, it's uh, an essential part of your bike. Yeah. Especially if you, if you get caught out at night and you, you want to be visible to other traffic or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. All right, hey, well, well thanks for calling, and we're going to get back to uh, Bike Talk. All right, great. Well, thanks, guys. Have thanks a great day. Guys. Yeah, Dave, call in next week if you can. Okay, we'll do. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Well, I hope to hear from Glenn Bailey now. And um, Ted Rogers, I see on Facebook, is wanting to call in. And then there's your friend, Tick. My, my friend. No, he's the, he's the resident artist here. Uh, he's going to be the resident artist. But until then, as mentioned, we got to B-Rad's party last night. Let's hear a little bit of the music. And we'll tell you a little bit of what's going on here on Kill Radio. Pretty good. So, Glenn Bailey, what are you still the? Uh, are you still in the LABAC uh, chair? Position? I'm vice chair now. We had elections last month. And uh, it's a two-year term, so. And and so, how are things going with the with the world of uh, LABAC? Well, uh, you know, we, can we thank you for the two years? Yes, but thank you <laughs> for the two years. <laughs> Thanks. It was uh, it was a um, an interesting two years to say the least. I mean, we. Started off with, uh, you know, the Reseda Boulevard um, first time around that the city wanted to put in peak hour lanes, and I mean, at least one hand of the city wanted to put in, put in peak hour lanes, and the other other hand wanted to put in bike lanes, and so we had to, you know, deal with that in terms of the city processes, and then 
of course, we had the bike plan going on during all that time, and then, you know, the mayor um, having his uh, unexpected uh, interest in, in, but welcome interest in, in cycling and a lot of initiatives there, and then, of course, the Wilbur um, issue hit, hit the fan in August, and, you know, we've been dealing with that since then. So it's been, uh, it's been uh, a lot of things, you know, good things, but a lot of challenges, too, during that time period. So, Well, what's Wilbur? And I'm not going away, you know. Oh, you're not going away. <laughs> so I'm vice chair. All it means is I don't run the meetings and I don't, uh, you know, I don't sign off on the agendas. So otherwise... Uh, so how did that work, that, that you were chair and now vice chair? Is it like you... It's, it's up to the 19 members of the Bicycle Advisory Committee, and they're all independently appointed people, you know, 15 by each of the city council members and four by the mayor. And um, so it's by majority vote, and um, so it was uh, a close vote. I mean, there was a one-vote difference, but, uh, you know, that one, that was the vote in February. So, um, so Jay Slater is the uh, chair for the next two years. Okay. And um, so what's the most important thing you guys are dealing with right now, would you say? Well, I, I, I mean, I think that the bicycle plan implementation is the most important thing that we should be dealing with. Um, you know, we every month there's, you know, there's sort of a different set of issues that kind of face us. Um, you know, what's new and in, in with, you know, it's a big city with lots of different departments and we've got lots of issues. Um, but as far as the Bicycle Advisory Committee and its role to the city, um, I I and I think and certainly the committee supported efforts to integrate the Bicycle Advisory Committee into the normal way of doing business for the city in the through the bicycle plan so that whenever there was a project that the advisory committee be notified that we could weigh in and um, so we need just need to you know stand up for ourselves to do that and the reason that's important is that it's there's a lot of things that go on in the city. There's lots of committees and commissions and meetings. And I think it's important that um, even though the Bicycle Advisory Committee is only 19 people, it's not like we're, you know, we're not an organization of thousands like the L.A. County Bike Coalition. But, um, you know, we do have representation from every part of the city, and it's important that we get notified of different things that are going on in the city so that if we uh, want to weigh in or we have concerns or suggestions that we have ability to do that in a timely manner. And because we have different um, experiences and connections and involvements, we have an opportunity to network with other folks, you know, beyond the, the BAC. That's the ideal. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's, that I think is a good goal. So um, anyway, I think we're, um, in a sense, we're having to make sure that the mistakes of the past, and by that I mean the 1996 plan, which you know was also had lots of lots of facilities called for, lots of initiatives, but was you know there wasn't a lot of organized um, uh, planned out way of, of implementing it. It was sort of um, you know, whatever whatever fruit fell from 
from the tree was picked up and, you know, opportunities, which is good. I mean, there were some, some things done, but it wasn't like an overall aggressive approach. So in the new bike plan, hopefully we have put in some measures that will assure that there is a, a constant review of it so that 15 years from now, uh, when there's maybe another overhaul of the bike plan, uh, we aren't having the same conversation. So to that end, um, a bicycle plan implementation team group has been established, um, and not just the BAC, but uh, you know other bicycle activists and organizations are invited to participate um, the way it's structured, so that we are focusing in in, in a setting that um, you know has some transparency for you know, the different uh, infrastructure projects. We haven't gotten a handle yet on the policy improvements. Policy improvements would include education. And enforcement and and things that are other than you know just putting putting the physical putting the lines down the streets or the physical improvements. Okay, so uh, so, yeah. so I'm cautiously optimistic, but uh, it will require uh, a constant vigilance and involvement by uh, not just the bicycle advisory committee, but um, by uh, all cyclists and and all supporters of cycling. Right, because you're just really representing. Uh, people, right, cyclists. right, and you know, there's, you know, there's, you know, we there's some people who um, are not as active, and so you know, we need to complement that with with uh, act, activists from um, all walks of life, all parts of the city, and a variety of organizations, not just that. So that's real important, I think. Well, yeah, we got a question from Chicken here. Now, Glenn, one of, one of the things, you, we talk about normal kind of operation, but let's be honest, this is Los Angeles. And I'm, I, I'm reminded of uh, your, your role in a couple of crises that, that seemed to sort of establish some sort of structure, which I thought was really good. Uh, one of them was uh, after uh, the, the now famous critical mass kind of, uh, I, I don't know what they're going to call it, the beatdown more or less, but uh, the, the police came out, and they addressed it, and the, it, was, it was great to see the BAC almost take a, a, a sort of a judicial role, and not, not making any kind of policy, but letting everybody speak, and in that meeting, what, what I thought was really great was everybody got a voice. Everybody was able to get their five minutes, even some opposing viewpoints, even though it wasn't met by the bike community with any kind of uh, applaud or anything, they were still able to, to voice their opinion, whether it be pro pro bike or, or pro whatever. And I thought the structure was was really good there, or, or at least uh, the quote unquote Robert's rules of order were, were sort of enforced there. Um, and I'm I'm also uh, I'll talk about something after you, after your comment on that. Okay. Well, I forgot to include that in the list of things that we were faced with during my. T- during my two years at the helm, um, because that actually was, I think, a, um, you know, that was uh, an opportunity that was, that worked out timing. It was the May critical mass ride. The Bicycle Advisory Committee meets the first Tuesday of even-numbered months, so that would have been the first Tuesday in June, which followed, you know, the Tuesday after that Friday. So we were able to uh, incorporate the... Um, 
the critical mass issues and the LAPD um, by calling basically a, a simultaneous special meeting for that night, and so you know, and still compl- and we complied with the you know the the uh, law, the the Brown Act, which is the public uh, notice of meetings, because we are a um, we're an advisory committee of the city, so we do we can, we're not just like a private uh, you know group that can just meet informally whenever you know in a restaurant. We have uh, we have to. Our meetings are open to the public for public comment, public participation, so we have to notice that. So that all worked out well. And, of course, as you know, um, we had a, a great attendance of, I think, over 50 cyclists at the meeting. And, and, and about four or five news uh, right. we, we Yeah, the television cameras were rolling. Oh, yeah. You know, the chief of police, uh, Charlie Beck, came in uh, a little bit later uh, during that uh, discussion. And... Um, so I, you know, I think that was an appropriate role for that setting. That the bicycle advisory committee, being appointees of each of the council members and the mayor, um, to be sort of the sounding board, if you will, between the Los Angeles Police Department and the critical mass and other concerned cyclists. Um, and we were able to do that in a forum that um, I think. Uh, preserve some decorum because frankly if it were just the the police and and the uh critical mass riders um it you know it may not have been as um uh you know it went as smooth but anyway i think it was a good forum and i think that 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 shows that you know having the advisory committee there to be not just the sounding board but also to and not just to represent cyclists but also to facilitate cyclists uh, input, as you say, and and hopefully involvement, because there may be people that come forward who aren't currently involved in any particular organization or or whatever, and and we can steer them to to other groups or steer them to get active with whatever project or cause that they want to work on. Yeah, and and um, the other thing is, of course, I don't know if you were listening earlier. I I went to B Rad's birthday party, and instead of enjoying myself and listening to music like everybody else, I was sort of pushed to the side of the thing and people started asking me serious bike questions and one of them that came up and I, I it reminds me of that night that night while you were doing this uh jeremy i, for, I forgot jeremy's last name but he he put forward a, a program or a, a pilot idea of uh, how to improve not only infrastructure but uh, the crosstown commute he was also talking about uh adopting some um, some i guess models that have been sort of set forward not only in uh, Davis, but in uh, that that he, as an architect, was able to uh, uh, look at um, things like not only providing um, just structures or, or the, the background of, of what you believe a bike culture should need, like uh, showers and, and bathrooms or something, but something that, that everybody can sort of benefit on. And, and uh, that that thing sort of lost its its power because of all the other issues, and I think everybody sort of left after the first hour and a half or something. But that that last half hour was so important, I thought. And, and there were things that uh, I know that uh, you, you guys were looking serious at. And uh, I'm I'm thinking some of the bike corrals that we're now seeing, uh, and other other programs, uh, uh, safe safety and, and getting kids out there in the next generation and educating them. Were, were addressed too, and, it, and we always think of these things just sort of like, oh, Davis became this overnight or something, but it didn't. It, it took the forethought of, uh, of, of thinking about this, right? 
Well, I, and I strongly believe of you know build it and they will come. Um, they're they're already they're already out there in many areas, and uh, we can certainly make life a lot more um, convenient and uh, cyclist friendly by by doing improvements, not just you know accommodation on the streets and the, improving the condition of our streets, but also you know the actual once you get to your destination, be able to you know have a place to safely lock up your your bike. Um, but yeah, that was uh, Jeremy's presentation, as I recall, was on our regular agenda. They had been set uh, prior to the uh, you know the critical mass um, issue, and so um, but to accommodate obviously the most of the people that were there because of that because of critical mass and the LAPD and the media, you know we, we I think we rightfully you know proceeded with you know dealing with that because it was you know breaking news at that point in time and then we went to our regular agenda and heard his presentation and um, as I recall it was focused on the uh, advocating the backbone network uh, for the um, you know the draft bicycle plan the city was in the in the process of working out um, and I think he was the spokesperson you know presenting that concept that uh, you know you need to have um, at least within a few miles, a way to get east and west and north and south in every area of the city. Yeah. Um, if we're really going to make it, um, you know, a viable trans, you know, transportation alternative. So and the, the recourse of that is, uh, and it, it was overshadowed. I hate to say by the mayor getting hurt, but that that actually played into a lot of things. He had his own little bike summit, but everybody forgets that there were two other bike summits before that that everyone attended, and, and in fact. It was fun to, I remember seeing you out for a critical mass after that. The next critical mass was insane. It was, there were so many people there. It was almost right. like a, a Woodstock of critical right. masses. Well, so yes, so. and, and, and um, you know, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was important to, you Bike know. Stock. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to check it out because, you know, because of, you know, the issues that were raised, I feel I had a responsibility to do that as, you know, being advisory. But, but also related to that is that, you know, Six months before this incident even occurred, um, the new at that time the new chief of police Charlie Beck said that it's important to improve relations with cyclists, and he created a, a bicyclist uh, LAPD task force, and it has been had been meeting since that previous January, and fortunately to deal with issues of officer training and and um, relations between cyclists and police officers. So fortunately, we had that in place. We had five months of, of working together as a committee when, when this hit. So it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like we had to, to uh, you know, invent the wheel from scratch. It, we already, you know, we already had a, a structure in place to facilitate that. So that was very fortunate. And uh, that's an ongoing effort, ongoing um, relationship uh, between the cycling community and LAPD. Um, for you know, it's, it's hopefully we're not dealing with crisis. No, uh, we're we're being proactive and right, really. It's a, it's a way to facilitate uh, people to come in and actually f- find some sort of uh, solace in the fact that they can they can talk to public officials without necessarily having to uh, make any kind of special arrangements or, or getting that only two minutes down at a public forum or something. I mean, it, it seemed enlightening to actually be able to, to talk and not have a, a clock on you for, for a little bit of time. Which was, well, I, th- I think we actually kind of 
<laughs> we kind of had to move it along because we did have over 50 people there. But, yeah, yeah, but, but, but as far as the task force yeah, yeah. meetings, uh, you know, we also have a limited time, and, you know, and there's a dozen or so people there. But um, we can narrow down on, you know, very specifically on issues that deal with law enforcement and, and bicycling. And so we have a focus. It's not spread. You know, when you, the BAC essentially deals with all matters bicycling in the city of Los Angeles. And um, but when you're with the, you know, on the LAPD task force, you're 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 more focused to those matters that are related to to law enforcement, officer training, education, you know, yeah, enforcement, it's, et cetera. It's, so. it's urban, and I, I know that that's been a, a crux of, of this bike plan. They've they've talked about mountain biking being separate from the the, the city plan. Do you, do you think we'll ever get to a point where we can actually discuss the idea that uh, maybe not so much open up some of these things. I know that some of the environmentalists are, are talking about how much wear and tear the, the bikeists are, are doing in, in the mountain biking, but I, I don't see that. And in, in fact, that was something that wasn't really included in the plan. Do you think that's going to be addressed in the next draft or as an amendment or, or something in the future? Uh, not under the current um, climate. Um, and let me explain a couple things. First of all, the state law requires that the bike plan be updated or reapproved every five years, uh, and if, in order for the city to to receive uh, state monies um, for the different uh, projects that it gets. So, what typically happens is after five years, the council will just readopt the existing plan, and that's exactly what happened after the '96 plan. They readopted it in. Um, two times um, after that to keep it current, but there were no revisions. So if the past is any indication for the future, um, I suspect, and especially given the amount of effort and time, I mean, this, this, this plan, this new plan that was just adopted earlier this month, um, you know, it was a three-year process, and uh, you know, and it involved, um, I don't even know what the final price tag was, but I'm sure it was um, over a half million of, of real dollars plus, you know, whatever the cost of staff time was. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it would have been <laughs> equivalent to many miles of bike lanes uh, of cost. Anyways, my point is, is that they're not going to go through that process, I don't think, um, you know, at the five-year time uh, when this plan, you know, would have to be uh, renewed. Um that's number one. So, uh, and, and, you know, especially given the city's financial situation right now and for the next three years. So that's number one, and I think the most important reason I'm answering the question the way I'm answering it. Um, and the other thing, I can only speak about my, myself personally, and I know other cyclists, including others on the Bicycle Advisory Committee. Um, we have been so... Uh, um, So, uh, inattentive, if you will, in ter- or, or lack of results over for many years for the on-the-street transportation improvements to accommodate cyclists, that we have a lot of work to do to get caught up. Uh, if you look at the list of Priority 1 and Priority 2 projects, it's 13 pages, single-spaced. Wow. Um, there's a lot of work there to do. Personally, I want to focus on that. I want to focus on making this the best city uh, for, for bicycling on our city streets in terms of a 
safety and accommodation and, you know, really providing that opportunity, the infrastructure for cycling. That's my focus. I know others may be focused on other things and, and more power to them, but um, that is uh, many of us are realizing we're trying to catch up. We're trying to catch up for many years of, of, of not having done enough. And we, we're recognizing that, you know, we're, you know, we're over $4 a gallon in gas now. Uh, you know, two years ago we were at the same, same situation. And if we had really, you know, taken the initiative 15 years ago like we should have been, we could have been ready for the, you know, the massive influx that I, I know that many people are, you know, are seeing. Right on our streets. So uh, that's a long-winded way of just saying that, um, you know, both from the process for the plan and the focus of the many of the people involved, that, um, you know, we're trying to focus on, on the streets. Um, and um, now I will say this, that I had a conversation with the, um, with one of the leaders in the equestrian community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I asked, I said, would the equestrian community support... Um, the horsey set, yes. Right. I, I, it happened to be... I, I can't speak for the hiking community, which, you know, they have a separate organization, whatever. But I said, if we were able to find places where to establish new trails just for mountain biking... In other words, separate, but the, the idea of separate but equal, if you will. Yeah. Um, and this person said, yes, that would be fine. Sure. So I think that, and I've mentioned that to other people, and I think that's kind of the challenge for those people that want to um, promote uh, mountain biking. In, and again, this only applies to city parks, um, is to is find areas that uh, is, uh, you know, that it would not uh the environmental impact um, in terms of the topography, in terms of the vegetation, in terms of you know those those other components, and that there's space, and you know put out a proposal for the possibility of of um, of such an of a of a separate bicycle um, mountain bike um, trail. Now it's still against the um, you know there would still have to be an amendment. To the city ordinance, which basically says any trail that's been dedicated by the city rec and parks, um, in city parks, uh, you know, can't you can't ride a bicycle on dirt, yeah. dirt one. So there would have to be, um, you know, accommodation there. But I think if if the um, if the uh, hiking community would agree with the equestrian community that uh, on a separate but equal concept and we found the right location or locations you know then that could proceed but um you know i again that's not my focus uh, i will leave that to others who may want to work on that all right Clint. so uh, one last question when is the the bac meeting again yep uh april 5th april 5th so it's, it's the next meeting 7 p.m at the uh, hollywood uh, neighborhood city hall which is on fountain avenue 6501 fountain avenue Okay, here's here's uh, Nick. So, Glenn, thanks a lot, man. It's been a while. Yes, yeah, it's been busy, but, but uh, yeah. Um, come by sometime and um, do the show live, and you know, maybe set up uh, in a panel or something if you want of uh, experts that you've come across. 
Yeah, I'd be happy to happy to try to arrange that. And, and sample our um, luxurious you, pastries did here. You have, I, sorry, I didn't hear the earlier part. He's, about, he's uh, did you, pastries that we, he's imaginary pastries that we could bring <laughs> if you guys actually come. <laughs> okay. What were you going to say? Uh, I, I, I know Allison was on earlier. Did she talk about the bicycle parking? Uh, that was Alexis Lance, yeah. I think it was Alexis, right? Yeah. It was. And she did talk about it. Yeah. Did you want to? No, no. If she if she covered it, I just wanted to get that word out. Okay. So that's great. All right. Uh, um, okay. She touched on it. Did you want to touch on it so that it can be fully handled? All right. I, no, I just, I did, if she announced the, uh, yeah, yeah. the hearing date and all that. What was the hearing date? Uh, this Wednesday, March 30th. All right. Okay. At? Uh, one, o- one o'clock. City Hall, L.A. City Hall, room 1010. Cool. And if people cannot attend it, um, I know there's a way that they can uh, submit comments, you know, via email, whatever. So um, I'm sure if they go to the City Planning Department website and just do a search for bicycle parking, they'll find all the information. So, you know, the, the it hasn't been upgraded for, for decades, so um, I think it's important that we, the cyclists, support this. Effort. I thought it was. I th- I'm sorry. I thought it was passed already. It, so we, we haven't passed it yet, and it, it looks like it's going to pass. No, this is the initial hearing. Mm-hmm. This is the very first hearing on it, and um, it's a proposed ordinance that would expand the bicycle parking requirements to cover um, uh, multifamily residential developments. For one, right now there's no requirements uh, for multifamily residential. So I would have a bike parking in front of my building if this passed. Actually, you'd probably have bike parking in your building, which is even better because then it would be protected from the elements well, and, and more secure. That sounds great, but it's a, it's a it's one of those things with apartments out, around a courtyard, so I don't think it would be in a... Well, I mean, obviously every, every building, uh, every development is different in terms of how it's designed and all that. And this, this applies to uh, just for... Uh, new new development or major remodels um, or change of use. So it's not going to it's not going to retrofit all the existing buildings. Yeah, but we have to start picture. somewhere. But um, so the hearing Wednesday one one p.m. p.m. at ten in room ten ten at City Hall. Correct. Um, and uh, it's just the first hearing and one and of many. Well, I don't know that I can say that many because the process is they have a hearing examiner um, for the planning department. And then it goes to the planning commission, and and there's usually a hearing at the planning commission, and then from there it goes to city council where there's one hearing. So I don't know. I don't wouldn't call it many. I would call it this one, and then planning commission, and then one before city council. So we're looking at probably three. All right. Well, we need to um, make this make this work, right? I yes. I, I it's a step in the right direction too. All right. Thanks, Glenn, and uh, call in again. Sure. Okay. Thank, thanks very much. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, that, was, that was great, Glenn, calling in. And, uh, yeah, that's right. You're still hearing B-Rad. It's still, it's still moving. It's still grinding. And, uh, wow, what a, what, a, what a phone call. Who, hey, who's, we who's got B-Rad? B-Rad, you know, from uh, Thunderstorm and, and points east of there. Uh, Los Angeles. This yeah, isn't yeah. this isn't making any sense to. You. <laughs> anyway, they were given. It was like 
Uh, well, I they saw were giving his... out chair cuts. Oh, here's the party. Wow, uh, people having fun. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of dancing and stuff. But like I said, I got I got sort of Shanghai to uh, you know from the bathroom to the to the hallway to uh, talking about stuff. Not that it was bad because uh, it it's it was it was a way to. Have an informal kind of thing there. There's Richie Tomasin. So you uh, usually Richie Richie was giving a number of share cuts last night. Uh, I know that uh, Mikey Wally got one with uh, that said uh, "No Manners Polo 818," and this is all in block letters on the back of his head now. So it's kind of why he's out there doing his food not bomb stuff. He'll probably have have a silly haircut. I saw so. this party announced all over Facebook. Just. Um, yeah, the, so, the kids with the posts. social network, they go out there. And speaking of social network, we're awaiting uh, Tick, who's going to be having a show tonight. Hopefully he can get into the phones now. He's doing it out at uh, 1284, 12804 Venice Boulevard tonight. That's Venice near uh, between Sentinel and uh, Walgrove, just past the 405 freeway. Uh, it's uh, tick1.com. You can check it out there at the World Wide Web. Uh, also on Facebook at facebook.com slash goldrattooth. That's goldrattooth. I wonder if he really has rat teeth that are of that mineral or element. But uh, some of the pictures look fantastic. It, it's billed as being uh, tonight from 8 o'clock on having things like original paintings, sculptures, dead animals. I don't know how dead they are. Bicycles and of course sketches. This is uh, Tick One out there at the newly opened solo art show. Uh, the space is the Buck Wild Gallery because, as we all know, you can get crazy, but when you get Buck Wild, well, that's when they should shut you down. No, no, no. It's what was fun. the space of the Rats? Buck party? Wild. Oh, oh, the, oh, this one This one was the Pins and Needles, and it was kind of cool. We always think of uh, things like uh, uh, the unions doing nothing, but I'm, I'm reminded that yesterday was the 100th anniversary of the uh, the Triangle Fire, where it, it set precedence about uh, while there was uh, steel and brick to protect the structure itself, uh, there was no... And, and, that was insured uh the idea that people would be insured was just a novel idea now obviously people get insured left and right the idea of workers rights the idea of making it safe enough and in fact i, I even heard that uh they're talking about uh maybe extending fire rules so as even your home might have uh, some sort of what are you saying are you sprinkler system or something but it's the, the idea that this was in needles? the same space at pins and needles where uh where uh, it's it's pinball machines and stuff, but they have yeah. as their their symbol and their kind of thing a, a sewing machine and stuff. And they were they're very pro union. Uh, that being said, there is a union march probably going on at this minute, and there's going to be a rally downtown in Pershing Square at noon. And we just wanted to uh, sort of relate that to you from some of the inquiries we've had on Facebook and and uh, some of the texting that's here in the studio, the instant messaging. You know, right now the bicyclistas. Medical workshop is going on. At, oh, really? Uh, Kaiser. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, th that, of course, a program that uh, provides what is it? Medical care towards. Uh, uh, well, it's actually this not one, just medical care towards bicyclists, but uh, an ongoing well, this is, thing towards. This is a workshop. It's oh training for oh. for how to give medical care for like this, the people who are going to do uh, Ciclovia. 
Well, it, it's funny because we always think of, you know, guys sort of talk like, oh, there's always a, a med kit or a, uh, you know, like w- those personal little, I think we had one in the studio, like you, you get hurt and you, you go to it, like the, the little... First aid kit. First aid kit. But when you're riding a bike, I've been caring for years, a little one, and everybody always goes, chicken leather, do you have your stuff here? You know, when somebody gets a scrape uh. or something, and it's always like... Something you always think, oh my God, this is horrible. But just knowing how to clean up, clean out a wound or irrigate it sometimes is uh, something we can not only uh, support but uh, encourage when you when you're on a bike. I always like guys that sort of say, oh, I can get there, and it's and it's like, well, at least clean the the grease out of the wound. Uh, I I know that I I've gotten a lot of bangs and bru- bruises, but when you break the skin, you really should address that. Um, oh, the allergies are bad here today. You know, I, I can stand it when it rains, but when it stops raining and it's just rain, everything just comes out. I'm like fighting to sneeze right now. So anyway, I'm going to let you, uh, we're going to play this for a little minute and get back. It is Kill Radio and Bike Talk on KPFK. It is uh, Kill Radio t- Bike Talk, uh, the, the B-Rad Party, and all, all sorts of funness, oneness, only things you can, uh, only a kid can love. Anyway, uh, we were on all sorts of rides, one of them being the punk rock ride. Somebody thought that I was you. No. Yeah. No, that's so cool. What did you tell There's me? There's Reverend. No, I, I one of the revs who does the show like, here on Fridays. Chicken leather. I'm like, I'm like, I've never seen this Yes, before. except no substitutes. It is chicken leather here. And, uh, of course, uh, they do a show dedicated to some of the things. One of, one of the things that popped up was we, we saw some signage here. 
uh, people were talking about uh, uh, some of the, the rides they do. I, I don't think they specifically they do rides, but they were on the uh, Salton Sea that's getting a lot of press now. And apparently the sign they put up there is still out there. In, in May, it was a, a tribute to uh, our own Tomatoes, who used to have a show here called the G-Rated Crank Call Show that... Uh, well, you can hear it on, well, on Wednesday with Tukey and, and a couple other ones. This is just self-promotion for the studio, but we want to put it out there because uh, they're, they're, they're making inroads into it. And, of course, that's Christian that's, that's talking to us from uh, Torelli. Let's see what he has to say. Did you stay up late and watch X on TV? I was perfectly allowed to watch How about Elvis Costello when he did all the five words? In living color. In living color. It's funny because we, we think of punk rock having having been a, a new invention, but uh, as as demonstrated last night from the film at the at the studio, some of the questions we asked uh, uh, last week were, uh, is the bike uh, movement paralleling the punk rock movement? Will it ever be mainstream? I, I like to believe that, uh, yeah, maybe it'll be the haircuts first, uh, like we mentioned, the share cuts. But I think it transcends that when it starts. Uh, everybody, it, It's like television. Everybody thought that television was just a window of the world. But when the window starts rearranging the furniture inside your house, then you realize it's having more of an impact here. Uh, similarly, I, I think bicycle culture isn't so much uh, something we can view, but it's uh, uh, something that's an ongoing thing that's that's changing. And if, if only for the fact that you, you see, uh, I, I'm seeing everybody carrying chrome bags now, if, if not chrome bags, something something of that. Uh, so uh, it only gets to be a party when the pyrotechnics... <laughs> Flow and stuff. Uh, well, okay, well, can you remind me what we're watching again, please? This is uh, this is part of the punk rock right that, that came in and uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, one of the mainstays of the social networking rides that go out on on a Friday night and uh, sort of take back the streets. Uh, I know that we only hear about Critical Mass, but there are other rides going on. the The other one that uh, seems to be on the radar that a lot of people are noticing, not only in these. Uh, chat rooms and stuff is the the family ride that's uh, going to be having its ride usually on a saturday night uh and in fact we t we talk about their uh, relationship too uh with uh other other people and they they jokingly say that uh they do have a relationship with uh, uh the lapd and some other law enforcement kind of things I like to think of them as the, the family ride as the uh, freelance police, so to speak. Uh, similar how, uh, what was it, that that bunny and dog, uh, Sam and Dave used to do? Was, wasn't Sam and Dave a musical act, though? Yes. Uh, it, with, with, it's soul. the other one. What, what was the one with the rabbit and the, and the, and the dog? Oh, I'm saved by We're the bell. Have to put, I think you're talking about Wallace and Gromit. No, I'm not. Hello, Calling in? Well, um, thank you so much for calling in. It is always great to get a caller, <laughs> especially one as knowledgeable as, as you. Or at least I fake it well anyway. Hi, Ted. Uh, Chicken Leather says hi. Hey, Chicken Leather. How's it going, man? Good. Good. It's been a great show this morning. Oh, Although I was kind of grooving on that... Um, Dead Kennedys and the Ramones they were playing before you came on, so I, I had to get back into the bike mode for a moment. <laughs> well, huh, maybe we should. Uh, you're, you're dating yourself there, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> well, yes, definitely. I was an OP, original punk. Oh, 
I used to get beat up on a regular basis back in those days. Um, so, yeah, and now you're just, uh, you're a, do you do the punk ride? Uh, punk, no, I didn't know there was a punk ride. You, really? No, yeah, I didn't know about that one. When's the next one, Chicken Lake? Well, actually, there's a, there's a, a punk film festival that the, uh, that the, uh, uh, Echo Park Film Center is doing, and we rode to it, so I guess that's technically a punk ride, but this was a ride where there was punk rock, and we went to some of the sites in Los Angeles, including where the old Scream was. Uh, in the past, we've gone to the Starwood, where I I remember just like, yeah, I wish I'd been riding a bike at the time because I remember just circling West Hollywood looking for a place to park, and this is before they had permit parking, mm-hmm. so everybody parked everywhere. So if anything, I think in some ways we we have redefined the area because there is permit parking. It just means that if you're in a car, you're out of luck. You right. have to look for some some vacant lot that some guy is is going to let you park there for ten dollars but or or in the 7-eleven in the back where they've got ample parking or something but but now you can get a bike so i'm passing it back to nick here hey ted so um you got a, a blog called biking in la that i do a lot of people uh regularly read and we even actually got a, a listener email from somebody named steve herbert who uh, turns out to be a KCRW engineer. Okay. I, yeah. I'm familiar so with Steve, I yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to say people's full names, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but, only um, if you want them stalked. We'll just call him Steve H. How's that? Yeah, I, you know what? I'll go back and edit it. So, but the thing is, um, he said that he found out about uh, Bike Talk through uh, your, your blog. Oh, good, good. I try to promote you guys when I can. Uh, it's a great show. And um, I, I, that's amazing and great that you are doing that. So what else are you talking about on your blog? Well, lately, um, God, we talk about everything. But lately, one of, one of the things that's been coming up, uh, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, plane crash in Long Beach a few weeks ago, uh, where oh, oh. Uh, several people were, um, were killed, including uh, Mark Bixby, who one was one of the leading uh, bike advocates down in Long Beach. Uh, he was the founder of the Long Beach Bike Festival. Uh, and the, um, the amazing thing was he was the driving force behind, uh, you know, the rebuilding the Gerald Desmond Bridge down in Long Beach. Uh, the current bridge is obsolete, and they're replacing it with uh, a new modern bridge. And they weren't going to allow bikes and pedestrians on the bridge at all. And Mark thought that and uh, ended up, uh, you know, pretty much leading the fight, almost fighting it single-handedly in some respects. And he ended up winning the battle, and there will now be a separated bike lane and pedestrian walkway on the Gerald Desmond Bridge. And wow. the tragic thing is that the... Uh, uh, he, so. They... Um, I decided to do that just before he died. And another vote came just afterwards, after he died in that plane crash. So one of the things that I've been uh, arguing for, and I've heard from a few other people, is that they should really name the new bridge in his honor. Yeah, is that... Is, are you Sounds the, great. Are you the main person behind that? I don't know if I'm the main person behind that, but uh, I was one of the first to argue for it, and I've heard that a couple other people are been making that argument. The LACBC recently made that same argument that uh, they should name the bridge after him, or at the very least, uh, name the bike lanes after him. Where's the bridge? 
Uh, it is down in, uh, uh, God, I don't remember what they call it, down uh, between San Pedro and Long Beach, uh, over the bay there at the uh, L.A. Harbor, Long Beach Harbor area. So it's a, like a major bridge? It is uh, probably one of two of the biggest bridges in L.A. Uh, there's another one down in that same area, but definitely a very important bridge. Um, provides access from L.A. to the, or from Long Beach to the Naval Yards. Uh, so anybody who wanted to ride a bike to work down there, they've been pretty much out of luck. And when they build the new bridge, then uh, uh, they'll be able to ride to the harbors, they'll be able to ride to the Naval Yards. Uh, and eventually, uh, when... You know, they do a little more work. Uh, hopefully you can ride from Long Beach to San Pedro and up to L.A. Uh, without having to take that long, long, circuitous route around the harbor. Well, so that's really important, and I can't believe they weren't already going to have uh, pedestrians and bikes on the bridge. But You know, they don't think of bikes when they build things like this. We have to make them think of it. Uh, whenever they uh, engineers sit down to design any major road structure, you can pretty much assume the bikes are going to be the last thing on their minds. Right. Um, and so, are you are you Long Beach based? No, I'm uh, I'm in West LA. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, that's one of the things that I regret was that uh, I never met Mark. Uh, I had an opportunity to say hi, and I was one time, and I was busy with other things and missed it. And you know, now it's too late reminder that uh, things can happen and you need to take advantage of opportunities when they come up. Well, I really hope it gets, it gets named after him. I don't know who Gerald Desmond is, but he's had his... He was a... Uh, you know, I had to look that one up. Uh, he was a city councilman down in the Long Beach area, I think back in the 50s when they built the bridge. Hmm. Well, so he's had plenty of time. Exactly. He's had 50 years uh, to carry the name. Now it's time to pass on to the torch. Um, and you were also going to talk about um, the anti-bike backlash in New York. I I talked to somebody from Transportation Alternatives, and she didn't want to call it a backlash. She thought the media was making it into a backlash. That's pretty much what seems to be going on. Um, the main conflict they've had is over um, uh, a bikeway through Prospect Park West uh, in the Brooklyn area. And the studies, uh, the surveys I've seen say that uh, something like 70% of the people in New York support it, but there is a small, rich elite that doesn't want uh, a bike lane uh, selling their uh, park. And they keep making claims that it's dangerous, uh, that you know, pedestrians in New York aren't used to looking both ways before they cross the street. Which, it's like, you know, my mom taught me to do that a long time ago. Uh, what? Is that, they say that? They actually say that, that it's dangerous because uh, people have to look both ways. It's like, yeah, that's really hard. Um, did you say Prospect Park? Prospect Park West, yeah. West. Is that part of Prospect Park? I would assume so, yes. That's like a huge park in Brooklyn. I'll have to take your word for it. I've never been to uh, New York, so... It's, it's a beautiful park. Um, and so the bike lane would go around it or through it? Or uh, it goes through it, uh-huh. is my understanding. And it is, a, from the pictures I've seen, it's a beautiful separated bikeway. Uh, it's exactly what 
every cyclist dreams of. And it has cut uh, the rate of collisions and injuries. I have, off the top of my head, I think it's like something like 29% since they put it in. So rather than being more dangerous, it's a lot safer than it used to be. It already exists. It already exists. It's, it's there, and they want to take it out. And is that going to happen? I mean, do they have, do they have like, numbers? Well, they have money. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The wife of uh, Senator Charles Schumer is one of the leading people behind it. So they have money, they have power, and they have a very high-priced attorney who's filed a lawsuit against the city to have it removed. Uh, so claiming that all the st- statistics that they have on it are, have been made up, which seems pretty ridiculous. But um, And one of the things that they claim is that uh, putting the bike lanes in has caused tremendous traffic congestion, and yet the studies have shown that it actually added one second to the average commute. Hmm. So it hasn't caused any problems. It's made it safer. And yet these people want it out because evidently they just don't want it there. And, you know, that's a problem that uh, one reason I've been following it so closely is that uh, we're likely to run into the same battles right here. Uh, We've already seen with Wilbur Avenue that you have a road diet that uh, has, uh, you know, put in bike lanes. It's improved things for cycling. It's slowed down traffic on a road where people used to speed all the time. Um, there haven't been studies that I've seen yet to show that, uh, you know, numbers that you can quantify it with, but it seems to have made things safer there. And yet you have a group that wants that taken out, uh, because they're used to, used to using Wilbur for a high speed throughway, um, to bypass some of the busier streets in the area. And they just want to be able to make their commute that much faster on a road that was never intended to handle that kind of traffic. So, so Ted, this is uh, chicken and uh, leather here. And, oh, it's like I don't know your voice by now, man. <laughs> no, but, but uh, it's, it's funny because that was one of the other things somebody brought to the issue. They were saying that now that we're, we're part of this bike plan and, and, and putting this out there, it seems that we're, always, we're now having to be the burden of, of like all the, the controversy. It's like they want studies on how much congestion we're causing. They want how much offset we're putting out there and all these things. And I'm thinking, can't, can't it just be an ongoing thing, or do we have to have all this information or all these uh, environmental uh, reports uh, right up front? So it's like they, they never sort of demanded that of cars, yet they're demanding this kind of uh, recourse with, with bicycles and something. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the, uh, the school boards wanting to see what, what it would be if most of the people rode their bikes to school and they're going, well, we, we don't have bike racks anymore. We'd have to put that in, in our liability. And they're arguing all these things, and, and yet they're not looking at the real problem that if you got kids on bike and made it safe to get to school you wouldn't have this line of SUVs circling the block all, every morning with them fighting and, and getting aggro just because they got to drop their kids off and pick them up in the afternoon. And I, I think that was one of the things that they were discussing down at the last uh, meeting I saw you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, tell me about it, because uh, in my neighborhood, I lived in, in the Westwood area, and to get to and from my home, uh, I often take uh, Ohio Avenue, and it goes past two elementary schools, and 
I really try to time my rides so that I'm not there in the morning and I'm not there between 2.30 and 3.30 in the afternoon because I'm taking my life in my hands to ride through there. Uh, you've got all the cars backed up and people get frustrated and start doing all kinds of things like making U-turns in the middle of the block without checking traffic, uh, running through stop signs. Uh, you know, they talk about bikes going through stop signs. If you put a police officer in, you know, by these schools in the Westwood area, they could nail so many cars going through the stop signs without even slowing down. I've seen people drive on the wrong side of the road. Uh, bikes aren't the problem. We're the solution. And like you said, they've uh, they want to do all these CEQA studies, you know, the air quality studies, uh, to prove that we're not going to cause more pollution. It's like, well, common sense says if you get people on bikes uh, who are not polluting, you get them out of their cars, things are going to get better. You know, it may cause more cars to back up a little bit, but that's going to happen anyway in L.A. We're already at peak capacity for traffic. We're beyond peak capacity in some places. So... You have to start looking beyond cars for solutions to get people out of their cars. Uh, you know, it was ridiculous this last week that with the price of gas going so high and the economy being so tough that people are being forced out of their cars, Metro just cut their service this week. It's like exactly the wrong thing to do right now. They should be expanding service, get people out of their cars, give them an alternative. You know, it's great that we're building trains. That'll help in 20, 30 years. But... Buses help today. Bikes help today. Uh, we're looking at it entirely the wrong way. All right. Well, um, we are. Uh, we have. Yeah. Thank you, Ted, for so much for for those things. You should call in more often. Um, I'll I'll do that. I got an invitation this time, but I'll just call on my own next time. Oh, great. That would be really good. Sounds good. All right, Ted. Have a good thank day. you. Bye bye. Uh, Ted Rogers, I, I saw him at the last uh, uh, Transpo meeting downtown where they discussed these issues. And, of course, he walked in a little later. Uh, that's because he took Metro. And he says, oh, that's the last time I take Metro to get there on time, <laughs> which is kind of a, a little bit of a joke because he really did leave with enough time. Anyway, I'm joined in the studio now by our – what are we going to call him? Are we going to call him a full-fledged collie? It's the blue one. Uh, I mean, is it – is it time to, to, like, give him the jacket with the patch on it? All right. It's, it's yes. Okay. Um, well, yeah, to start off. You're supposed to say this is. Or this is Eric Ochoa. And Eric, I'm yes, Eric. It's great to, to have you in the room, and, and we're going to have that, that uh what do they call it? Little Master's rage. jacket ready for you next time. I think you've become a full-fledged uh, uh, reporter here instead of just an intern here at Kill Radio. Tell us what's going out there in the cycling scene right now. Well, first of all, I got to really give it up for the new Leopard Trek team. There's uh, two, two races that, well, there's a good number of races going on right now, but two races today that the Leopard Trek was involved in was first the classic ED, E3 pre uh, Landeren, I believe. Again, these Belgian classic races have some weird names that are sometimes hard to pronounce. Uh, defending champion Fabian Cancellara once again won it. Uh, and then there's the Criterium International over in France, which Big Brother Frank Schleck won. It was a little mountainous stage. So no, no, he won it? 
Yeah, he uh, won the stage for today. And I guess I'm not I'm not so sure what the time gaps are, but it's usually safe to say that he probably has that overall title grasped uh, in his the, hand. The GC, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Criterium International is um, only two days with three stages. So tomorrow there'll be, uh, I believe it's a 75K Criterium, followed by a like, seven-kilometer time trial. We all know Frank Schleck is not known for his time trial time trialing abilities, but a little short time trial. Not, I doubt he'll lose any time on that. So, I, I remember at the Welta before his his brother got out for for drinking late at night, which kind of reminds me of last night. That uh, there, he, he sort of spawned him on to to actually get better times or something. Are they are they still working in tandem, the two brothers, or are they not talking to each other? Yeah, they're well. I mean, you know, they're 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 brothers, and of course they're going to be talking. Um, you know, I remember reading something where when they were growing up, their dad was a former cyclist as well. And he told the two two brothers, he's like, if you guys ever race on different teams, you know, he's like, don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> so I guess now that's, you know, they've been together since the days of CSE. Hey, that's and exactly what, what uh, Joseph tells me with, with uh, Charlie. He says, yeah, you gotta, you're always going to be racing for Flying Pigeon. And in fact... Uh, th that's why, I mean, earlier we talked about some of the components. It's like all I did for the Flying Pigeon was put fenders on it, and now I ride it in the rain. So I, it's really durable, and this is not to sell the fact of this thing, but it's the same deal. It's like all this this background, this training, this legacy that they're sort of fulfilling. I, I think you see it in the next generation of riders. Everybody always says, you know, does it always have to be Lance? Does it always have to be we're talking about something? It's like, no, man. There there are young people out there doing some writing. And I just to, to end this part of it, I saw the race on Universal that you were talking about, the the, the one day uh Lance and Remo? Yeah. Oh my God. What excitement. That last yeah. that last ten kilometers was just ridiculous, man. Even even it it was my my stomach was in a knot. It was just so good to watch, and and of course the the Australian one at the young kid. Yeah, yeah. Matt Goss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back to what Chicken Leather said about you know Lance not being there and the young guys. Uh, I guess a lot of people really relied on Lance to make the sport interesting. You know, uh, what was 2010 when he appeared at the Tour Down Under? It was such a huge deal for the event. A lot of people came out just to see him, but now that that he's out of the sport. You know, people are like, who's the next big big American cyclist that's going to be? Of course, you know, we got TJ Van Garderen, Andrew Talansky, and not just Americans. We got, you know, um, the current youth under-23 world champion, Michael Matthews, who's also pretty great. You know, so I think right now, you know, I've mentioned before that teams really put in the effort to spot out young talent. Yesterday, I saw this video of Team Radio Shack doing a training ride over in Australia, and they had a 15 and a 16-year-old riding alongside the team. And the team manager, Johan Bernil, really took an interest in the 15-year-old. So, I mean, Radio Shack does have a, a youth development team, the, the Livestrong team. And I'm not sure if, you know, he's kept in touch with that kid, you know, to keep him on there. But, you know, you can definitely bet that a lot of great riders will come up from that Livestrong team. Taylor Finney, I came up from the ranks in that team. He's now in the BMC team. But, you know, sadly, in his first year as a, like, top-level pro, it's really been bad for him. You know, he, he was out mid-February because of a concussion, and he started a race last week, the Vuelta Catalunya, and he got out because of knee problems. And a lot of people are pulling out. I mean, Matty Breschel 
who was hoping for a great spring campaign, pulled out again because of knee problems that he had last year. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow is another race. Gant Wevelgem, 2009 winner Edvald Bolsenhagen is not going to do it. He's pulling out of racing because of Achilles problems. Yeah, it's it's funny because we're, we're talking about all these things, and, and there's also uh, uh, been some, some discussion about uh, people's biological passport. And I, I always thought that was a great term that we should be using with everyone. You know, it's like walking around with your passport and making sure your papers are checked. But... Uh, if anything, I, I like to believe that it's only when disaster hits do we really see the, the beauty and essence of a bike. I, I heard uh, somebody talking not only about some of the things that are going on in the racing field, but uh, similarly how the endurance is just uh, there for, for other kind of uh, uh, methods and stuff. So anyway, that that being a non sequitur again. <laughs> no, I mean, the biological... The biological passport thing, um, I don't know. I guess it's great. So I, you know, of course, there are some people who, who might not be for it uh, because of the biological passport. Franco Pelizzotti got two years for that because yeah. of irregular blood values. But, I mean, you what's, know. What's what, that? What is that? Well, it's it's like uh, if you they, – they keep a record of all your stuff on file and they can go back. And if for some reason it doesn't – there's an irregularity and, like, they're on say your ass heart rate or know. something yeah. or whatever they say well what's going on here you know so they, they know can look at it yeah should be yeah the, exactly whether whether it be for you had a one day cold or something and took Theraflu yeah, I mean, or, or some something. writers even go as to like posting their um i think their blood values yeah. online i, I know um, bradley wiggins did that in 2009 when he actually made the transition from track rider to gc contender at the tour de france right because it's not very often that you see a track rider, you know, climbing up mountains with some of the best riders in, in the sport. And, of course, you know, when people see that, they, you know, the first thought that comes to mind, oh, he's on dope. Yeah. And, and that's I, – I don't think that's the thing. It's like I, I'm amazed that they always have to refer to that. It's like he's in conditioning and it's like, no, you're, you're on drugs. It reminds me of a punk rock tune, you know. It's like you're on drugs. No, all I want is a Pepsi mom. No, you're on drugs. So maybe there needs to be some social distortion within the sport to, to actually get some changes going. And uh, this season looks like it, it might be the one to, to, to work it about? out. Yeah, I do. Social well, distortion, I mean. Oh, the social distortion <laughs> thing? Uh, they, uh, were a, they were a punk rock band. Yeah, I know who social distortion is. Back in the last century. Oh, I love saying that. Back in the last, the later part of the 20th century. Anyway, uh, I, I stand remiss because it's only when we see this that, that change really happens within sports or, or within the, the yeah, infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people really hope for a cleaning up of the sport. But oh, oh, yeah. I mean, come on. This year? Uh, well, well there's, the argument also has been for the, for the, the radios and stuff. And, and I always joke that uh, sometimes when I ride these other rides with people and get out there, I don't have a radio. <laughs> I'm on a, a heavy ass bike. And you look at the countryside and you go, God, this must have been how the Tour de France was with one gear and going along. Or, or you know, they, you had multi-gears, but you had to switch them when you got to a point and everybody sort of stopped and there was some courtesy and some common stuff. Yeah, I mean, back then it was, yeah, I mean, you know, one gear. They were pretty much fixies. The tires yeah, the, weren't... The, um, the derailleur had to be invented and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the, so. the rims weren't um, steel or aluminum. They were, they were actually made out of wood. You know, we, we bring this up, and I'm wondering if cycling can borrow from somebody like the NBA and have a day when they all get on heavy-ass steel bikes and do the tour. I would love to see some of these guys just like, oh, you think you're tough, man? Yeah. All I right. Mean, 
here you go. This is what they wrote at, you know, whatever. And we're all going to do it like this thing. No radios, no nothing. And may the mess man win. I think that's what the Walto was trying to do when they went to that, that dirt track. And who should win but Cadell Evans, who had been doing mountain bike racing. He, he was like in his element when it, it started raining. And, it, you know, of course it rains and then it starts to pour and then it gets to be like thick mug. Was that the Walto? That was or was the that Giro. The, the, the Giro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying right now that um, cyclists right now are way too spoiled. You know, they, they have the bikes, the radios, the training, the testing and all that. When you look at it, you know, when the when it barely first started, you know, like you said, you know, the heavy bikes, the wool jerseys, um, you know, everything. It was so much harder back then that, you know, compared to right now, it's a huge difference. And like yeah. you said, that you want to see the cyclists of today, you know, go back to that past of writing well, the tour. It, it's funny here in Los Angeles, they, uh, Matt used to do the, the, uh, feel my legs thing. And every once in a while you'd see, I, I know I saw, uh, uh, a couple of our, our favorite riders out there. Uh, Jack didn't come out with a steel frame bike, but he came out with, uh, uh, some, some silly stuff that one time. And then of course, uh, Cole came out with a full on like steel bike that looked like he had just dug it out of like the trash or something and with his handlebar mustache and he he took those hills i mean it was really it was really fun there was a, there was a moment there on eldridge that looked ridiculous and uh, i'm i'm only reminded of this because last week on bike sport uh our, our show on monday uh brad was was calling the race in the in the velodrome and uh i think uh, uh jack lindquist came up and and uh he he just barely lost it to somebody else who, who you know I'm sure it was it was a neck and neck kind of thing but the call sounded much much uh, closer than it really was I bet yeah so. and um, I remember a guy saying that you know for the people who get caught doping instead of giving them a two year suspension maybe they should just give them a really heavy steel bike oh. and make them race oh, like, like they that. did back I then I like that so I they think, have to be at the back of the pack. Yeah, yeah they have to be like you know they have to have like the cheapest. Well, not the cheapest, but, you know, the really old school equipment. for. Well, I know yeah. that we, we talk about these social rides. Uh, one of the rides, when they were, uh, we were riding down the Long Beach to welcome the, the Amgen tour, we had the tour to drugs. Mm-hmm. And it's like people dressed as quaaludes and, <laughs> and all sorts of drugs. And, and, it, and it's funny because we, we think of there was a recreational point to, to drugs. But nowadays, it's almost like a, a, a different kind of like people are doing things in, in forms of... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's an enhancement as opposed to to just uh, what, what do they call it? euphoric kind of psychedelics. People think think yeah, like pot is a medicine. It's a yeah, it's like a vitamin. Oh, uh, absolutely, and it, and it's now it's almost used exclusively in in other sports as a, a, a not just painkiller, but uh, it's lost this euphoric kind of culture to it, and they get to be stronger and stronger. Some of the some of the methods and, and things like that. Anyway, uh, it's not drug talk. It's bike talk here. <laughs> and Eric and Nick are still here. We, we have a few minutes to, to tell you that we are Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. And we, we've been talking uh, for the last two hours about this stuff. Just to remind you that uh, tomorrow night I'm going to be showing some of the, the video that accompanies the audio here uh, as part of a not even a benefit. It's a downright we you have to come if you don't come you know i don't know why kind of thing this is this is the dare double dare uh, we're going to support the uh, tsunami earthquake radiation you name it whatever they are over there in japan by showing 
in in bad taste but in good taste some of the uh, our, our favorite uh, samurai slash sci-fi slash you name it uh, Japanese films that have inspired us in the past including I hope uh, one with a Kirin race in it or something so that's tomorrow night also Bridezilla uh, the bike uh, uh, the bike hub uh, punk rock ride and of course some of the peace march that we heard from the kids from Long Beach that's tomorrow night about seven thirty, eight o'clock at the bike oven 3706 North Figueroa did you want to say something Nick before the blatant kind of sell here well we came we came late so we can run oh, over a little bit we, we came late so we're gonna run over i like that there's a well if the next person doesn't show up <laughs> i don't know beneath the underdog there's uh somebody might call in at 1205 from the bc clista's right. medical workshop well, until so we can then, stall five minutes we're gonna play a little bit of that's right b rad's party here on kill radio Okay, so uh, as mentioned, Tick One's got his big art show tonight, 7.30, be there, uh, over at the Buckwild Gallery, located at uh, 12804 Venice Boulevard. Hey, uh, somebody was telling me that, uh, besides tomorrow, our our little extravaganza that's going on, there's uh, some other stuff. You can always check this out at... my, my second favorite website, that of course being uh, the Midnight Riders, R-I-D-A-Z-Z, if you want to find out where ride starts, where ride's going to stop, or where it's going. It's funny because we were talking to him. Uh, at, at one point, we were talking about maybe doing the, uh, the wolf pack slash uh, uh, cub, cub kind of thing in its effervescent Japanese form. That, of course, baby carriage in peril with lone wolf and cub, uh, a samurai shunned by the shogunate now for hire for a handful of silver or gold yes you owe it to yourself to secure this at any cost but because we love you we're making it available tomorrow for a nominal donation you set the price you tell us what it's worth come see the movies over at the bike oven 3706 north figaro hey i'm having a great day i i can actually breathe again i think i've i've gotten over that hump of I can't digest or inhale any more particulates of pollen or whatever it is out there. And I've, I've hit sort of like, that's right, the top of the hill. <laughs> I, can, I can barely... I wonder if, if 
there's I know there's been some some bike riders that have horrible allergies, especially going through these things and stuff. Eric's picking up his mic and he's going to tell me more. The Irishman, Dan Martin. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. Had That's surgery during the off season. Just yeah. Just because he said a lot of his uh, season was ruined because of allergies. And he's usually, well, prior to the surgery, he was usually a rider that did well towards the end of the season, which was, you know, say maybe September to, you know, October, which isn't very much. But during those months that he did well, he did well. Yeah. But, you know, exactly. when, when they'd send him to, you know, say the Giro or Bais Vasco or any other mountainous races that usually suit his char- characteristics, he said, you know, his performance would be dwindled down because of pollen and, you know, those allergies that he gets. So he finally decided to, you know, get some surgery done to, you know, eliminate that. And so far, I guess it's worked out because yeah. he stands currently fourth overall at the Vuelta Catalunya behind um, overall race leader Alberto Condador. Well, well, this is the hardest decision for me because I know that the stuff is out there and I, I really have looked at, at just, um, a, a, you know, a myriad of, of like, is it allergies from eating? Is it a combination of like the pollen out there and something? Is it just the rain? And we've had a bad rainy season here. So it's like, I notice these things. And one of the things is I want to be alert. And I'm wondering how many people that actually drive are making that decision too. It's like, for me, I'm on a bicycle, I crash into a wall or, or God forbid, I, I'll, I'll hit something. But it's my bicycle. Whereas, if you're in a car that's three thousand pounds, <laughs> I mean, you hit something, you 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 waste it, and, and it's like I really have to question somebody's ability. And as I say this, look at this guy's outfit. Wow, he's ready for anything, and he's texting on his bicycle. I, I think that might be a something that's this not is a really safe. good window for for that. For it is, it is. We're we're able to see everything from this our, our plush 19th story building here on. Uh, the the side of Koreatown. Uh, I guess we're going to renovate the offices because we we can't move out. We're, we're we're Kill Radio will be having a fundraiser. I guess next month just to just to pay for these. Uh, not so much that we're plushing out the offices, but we have to to reinvent them for our, our workforce. Here. I think every time you mention Kill Radio, you have to say K- KPFK. Oh, KPFK on the webcast or the the podcast. I don't know if that's that's not true, but is it is it not true? No, that is that is. But I'm saying I like to believe that we have some sort of like transparency here that we actually are are doing what we say we're doing, or if we're not doing it, we're somebody's going to hold us accountable to this. Just like the bike plan, I'm going to hold somebody accountable to that. Yeah, we're going to take them out, city hall, get the little like what do they call those things that they used to put witches on? Steak? No, no, that's what you used to eat. (laughs) Oh my god. We don't which training here in the, in the Southland. Anyway, coming up in two weeks, as mentioned, the Cyclovia. This is the time, and I'm warning you. This is the time, not on the ninth or the tenth morning of the tenth, to start looking at your bike seriously. Fix your bike. Fix your bike. Fix your bike. To borrow from liberally from uh, another bike legend, we want you to. Uh, Check out one of these collectives, not necessarily just the bike oven, but one of the other myriad of, of them, including the kitchen, the hub, microwave, or the new bikery out in the valley that you you might yourself be able to uh, find the time to go in there and just uh, give the cursory check or the ABCs of bicycle riding, your, your air, your brakes, your chain, your drive. Check it now so you can be ready and you can sort yeah. of join the masses and... 
you know i i don't know you travel with a patch kit you travel with like an extra tube or something when you get around town you know i've i always i it's irregular when i think of it i do but right now yeah. i have such these tires are really oversized and it's it just seems like oh and i can't They're get never the, gonna get a flat huh yeah, and I can't, well, and I can't get the tires off, man. It's it's. Uh, oh, this might be a good time to 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 just investigate it instead of on the you know hour five on the Cyclovia. You know. Yeah, I got to figure it out. All right. Well, I I do that just in local. Because it, it's I got an internal hub and. Uh, it's always nice to have to a tube instead of patching in the rain. That's what I always say, and I've done Absolutely. it. It's been bad. You always sort of look at yourself and go, "Oh God," I but you, you get better. So, did did somebody have an accident out there? It looks like somebody fell over. We're gonna check I, I don't this know out. It is kill radio. It looks I, like you know, I, I don't know if we'll just have to talk to the bicyclistas next week. All right, it is kill radio. Let's let's get KPFK. back to the end mode of B Rad's party. Anyway, I I think B Rad now is is eighteen, maybe nineteen. No, I'm just kidding. And then, uh, uh, Richie was giving out share cuts. It is kill radio. See this footage tomorrow KPFK. at the bike on him. I think I think that video is a joke video. Justin Bieber with fucking five, almost 460 million. What? <laughs> That's what it says. It's got to be. It's got to be. I can't even read that number. There's like 